Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, we've got a guest, the busiest man at The Athletic this week, Max Olson, monitoring the transfer portal as we speak, literally. How you doing, Max? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're, we're, we've, we've made it this far in the week. We made it to Wednesday. Didn't know if we would, but we did. Are it's you like to, the, uh, good the to see your beautiful one, faces. The number one guest on everybody's show this week, not just podcasts. Like, are you going on... <laughs> On radio shows, I mean, <laughs> I I am yeah do, I am doing James Corden show tonight. That is that is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see your perfect face, Max. And we we had a, a portal conversation earlier in the week on Andy Staples' show, but um, it's running back. We get Same more. combo. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty big, pretty big week. Um, but let's just try to get more philosophical with it. I think more so than just like actual people. I, I just like want to know. Is this what you... for a second here, Ari? This okay. is a recruiting podcast. We will talk recruiting. There's been some uh, movement on the coaching carousel. There's a big one somewhere out west. We we have to get to, and that will part of be part of our portal talk too. But we definitely have some recruiting to hit on. But we do have Max, and Max is going to stay with us the whole show, mm-hmm. uh, not just not just uh, the portal talk. So go ahead, it, Ari. The, I mean, it is interesting. It's just like I didn't even in my mind there separate the two things as different like portal and recruiting. Like, I don't know, like if that's like where we're at right now, but Max, are you surprised by how active it was or how many people were in it? Or was this what you were anticipating? Yeah, I think that the Monday, I think we ended up at a, uh, over 450 scholarship FBS players going to the portal all in one day. And, and definitely record. If you look at, you expand that to, you know, um, all players, you know, FBS, FCS, D2, I mean, certainly an all-time record in terms of one day going in the portal. It's it's what I expected just in terms of the way that they changed the rule. Um, you know, this is why, in, in some ways, this is why they wanted to do the portal windows to try to confine this stuff to December uh, for the most part and to give people clarity before signing day and uh, uh, in terms of who's leaving and, and, and what, what holes you, you have and stuff like that. So, and you had a lot of, I think we had, I was keeping track in November, probably had about 200 players announced they were going to go in the portal on December 5th. Um, and so you kind of knew like that, that was like the starting point for Monday, at least of like, those guys are going to pop up and then yeah, to end up at 450. Um, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. I mean, I think that if you, if you go by 85 man scholarships, it's like 4% of all college football players going in the portal in one day. I, I don't know about you. I'm sure. And, and Mitch, you tell me, but I felt kind of overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Like, it's hard to keep track of who. Well, I'll tell you what was overwhelming is we have our live blog, our transfer blog, and Daniel Surley, one of my colleagues, another editor, sort of like the, the, the blog, live blog editor, and he's the one responsible for He had to, like, go hit a dentist appointment, so I had to monitor <laughs> the blog for, like, an hour, and I was trying to do other work, and there was I was, like, 
Max, will you stop posting stuff in the live blog channel? Because I could not get anything else done. It was literally for midday. It was nonstop. Well, and I was like really trying to just like focus on like, you know, guys that are like starters, people like that. Like I was trying to make it like people that, uh, you know, fan bases may have heard of and stuff like that. Right. But it's like it's hard to it's hard to be discerning and only say, here's the 20 out of 450 that you should know. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just so many people popping up and uh and it's funny too though on, on my side of it like if you look at the actual portal it'll list their first and last name their school if they're grad transfer or not that's it like it, it doesn't link to their 24 7 page or anything so you have to right. kind of go that's, very that's quickly kind of google a lot of guys you haven't heard of just to say like is this guy a starter is he a freshman you know what's the situation here i've got a unanswerable question that i want both of you guys to take a stab at so if, if we say you know, obviously Georgia hasn't had any. I, I know there's some schools have only had a few. But if, if we're saying the average school to this point's probably seen about seven to ten guys in the portal, what percent are those that the fan base should be like worried about? Like, I still think it's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. Maybe like two out of every seven, or even less than that, like a starter that they really wanted back. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the guys are, yeah. are looking for top places to play, or they're getting run off or something. It's not like, to me, while there's tons of guys out there, it's not like all these teams are losing all these key starters yet. That, yeah, that, I agree with you on that. Um, and, and anyone that left that uh, people didn't want to lose, then then you immediately hear like, oh, he's getting a bag. That's why, right? Yeah. Like that's the, so what is the, what's the bag percentage out of 450 guys? I don't know that it's a, it's a big number there, right? Like I think it's, um you're you're right I, I think the way that um we've modified the rules this year is is encouraging that that um you know you're you're gonna go the, a lot of the players that are going in the portal are guys that that didn't play enough for their liking this season guys that maybe they've had injuries or or um they're just their backups they're buried they're getting recruited over all that so that that is a lot of a lot of portal entries and and you know i think that that's one thing that we kind of put together when you're tracking it uh, in the, this last cycle, um, the reality is I, more of these guys find homes than people think, obviously like not all these guys just end up moving in with their parents and going home and giving up on life. But the reality <laughs> is when you go in the portal um, this last cycle, um, the ones that did find a home, 65% of them went down a level, whether it's down to G5 or FCS or, or D2 or J, you know, JCs. So that is, you that's know, a good number. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's where, yeah. So two thirds of them are, are moving down. And, you know, like when you see the, there's a lot of like group of five players, for example, like all conference guys that have gone in in the last week that getting a lot of offers right away. Last year, about 900 group of five players went in the portal, um, scholarship players, only a hundred of them landed with a power five school. So you're still kind of fighting over a limited number of spots, even if there's a lot of guys out there. So, uh, of the 450, 500 or so uh, players in the portal, how many are from AM? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to set you up for that joke. Um, I like that. I can tell you the, the answer to that. Let's see. And how many won't end up at USC? It's 14, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is 18. 18? 18. 18. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's like a bad thing or a good purge. Like, which, like, uh, what, what would you okay so let's let's think about this i know you like to to think about things sometimes are in terms of like uh if you were running a dynasty on NCAA, yes. right? i mean i, I this i was guilty of that's this how, shit that's how every I year run everything right? in my head i was yeah. i was guilty of this shit all the time where you you, you go sign a recruiting class and then at the, at the end of the offseason they say cut 15 players i would i would that's what i would always do right i would sign 25 and cut however many i gotta cut i think that's kind of what's going on here a little bit it's starting to happen a little bit in college football where 
you've got to, you got to get the numbers right. So, and you want, but you still want to take full classes every year. So you have these casualties at the end of the season or at the end of the spring uh, to try to, to get back to 85. I'll say one thing real quick, Ari, that the NCAA got right. And usually they're too reactive to stuff like this is the increasing or getting rid of the 25 initial counter. If they still had 25, it would be a nightmare for these schools. You'd have, so many schools under the 85 was 86 limit. Yeah. And then you'd have so many fewer kids getting scholarships. I mean, it'd be, a, it would just be a nightmare on both ends. Go I ahead, agree with you. Um, we were just talking about this the other day, Mitch, uh, cause Dion Sanders at Colorado, a lot of the kids who were committed to Colorado before he arrived are all of a sudden just finding their way into new, new classes or, or no longer committed. Do you think that with the portal now that the way that we view as consumers of the sport, kids being cut is changing. Yes, me or Mitch. Either one. I was uh, talking I'll, to you. I'll go. For, I'll go first. Uh, you know, Max is our special guest. I'll go. I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, each case is different. The thing, the, the reason I brought up the Colorado thing to you, Ari, is a potential story, which mm-hmm. is that Rick George, our athletic director, evidently had told all of the kids throughout the process, you know, we're making a coaching move. Your scholarship is going to be honored. And then they bring in Deion Sanders and the rules have changed literally for the entire university. And now seven kids no longer have scholarships. Now, one of the kids just committed to Vanderbilt. There's still, there's still two and a half, three weeks to go. Most of these kids can find a new home, but that's the only, that, that's why it raised a red flag to me. Like, cause I know that happens all the time. New coach comes in, Hey, you hired me to turn this thing around quickly. I got to be able to make these difficult decisions. Um, right. So I think it's just sort of how you view the sport. It's going to be your opinion. I, I do think that the perception or backlash or however you want to put it, I think it has changed over the last like five years. I think probably five years ago, I would be in the like camp of people being like, you can't just, you can't just drop commits. You can't just push guys into the portal. Like that's wrong. You made a four year commitment to them. You know, that just yeah. doesn't seem fair to me and stuff like that. And I mean, and, and, and I'm not saying that that's false or anything like that. Obviously, like that's <laughs> like it, you, you have to be like sympathetic to these kids and their families who have this dream and are kind of having the rug pulled out from under them. Right. But like you talk to coaches and stuff and, and it seems like there's kind of been this shift over the last few years where it's like, well, you know, there's not there's not loyalty on either sides. You know what I mean? Where coaches coaches bail every year. And now kids can bail every year, you know? And so it's kind of like everybody's just like kind of making business decisions now. And you wish that it weren't this way, obviously. But, um, you know, like the Dion thing, I think is a great like lightning rod, like example of it where he's telling them the truth about how it's going to be. And, you know, there's still certainly a segment of people who hear that and are like wincing and like, that's, that's horrible. How could you treat him that way? But then there's other people who would be like, you know what, if you're a Colorado fan, you're, you're thinking like they've been losing, you know, you're coming in here to set a culture and a standard and whoever can't meet that is going to go, you know, that's just how it is. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of treating them like adults and, and being real with them now. Um, maybe, maybe coaches can, can, I don't know. Like, it, does it that just, strike you guys as well, wrong? What or do you, you don't want, like, it is what you don't it is. want is to force. And let's take Dion out of this, but yeah. to force the new coach to sign kids he doesn't think can play there. Sure. That's a disservice to him and a disservice to the kids. <clears throat> and he has preconceived notion. Obviously, if the kid's awesome, he's going to play. But if he's a borderline kid, he's going to go with one of the kids he recruited, and that kid's going to be in the portal the next year anyway. 
What I thought was interesting was that Colorado was a certain place that had a certain mantra that Mitch was, was mentioning. And somewhere along the last week or two, they decided that they wanted to be committed to winning in football, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in order to win in football, you have to operate a certain way. And the thing that's unique about it is that with Dion, we get to watch everything. Like we would assume <laughs> all this stuff right. uh, that would happen. But the fact that we got to watch him say it, it's just like, yeah, that's not the way Colorado would have done it a few weeks ago. And there's a reason why Colorado was one of the worst teams in their conference. Um, well, also so- like those coaches can mess those decisions up too. Like you guys remember, uh, Mitch, you know, when, um, when Pruitt gets to Tennessee, they drop Michael Penix, right? Yeah. Yep. So like, you know, there, that there can be some backfires on those decisions too, where you just show up and feel like I got to get my guys and whatever. I, I just think that the way this is all going now, um, it seems like people are just more okay with this becoming more transactional. I mean, may, I, I'm sure not every parent and every kid and every coach feels that way, but that is kind of the way this all is trending. Yeah, I just my, my and I totally agree with you because my I'm with you, Max. My attitudes have changed on this stuff. I just hope that the kids have high school coaches, even if their parents don't know, that can help them through this process. Because you know, we're in December. You find out kids are on break soon they're not at school like just they need the right people in there it's okay you've got yeah. two weeks you know what you can wait until february to sign that they don't make a, deci- a rash decision or anything like that because you know, like we know a lot about this process we don't have kids being recruited but like imagine this you're just new to the process your parent your, your single parent or whatever and your kid finds out he doesn't have a scholarship like so i just hope that 100 these- yeah if, if, like especially the way things are set up now like if you get dropped from a class on december 1st these coaches their, their whole focus is on transfers right now. I mean, for the most part and, and doing in homes with their committed guys and stuff. So it's like, it, this would be, and especially once we get past this early signing period, like if you get dropped, like it is hard to go find a bunch of offers and go take visits and go make a commitment by early signing period. Like you, you are in a really tough spot with the way this is set up now. Uh, and the numbers are obviously not in the favor of the high school kids right now. So the stat that you mentioned earlier about uh, most of the players, transferring down a level do we have to wait until it starts trending up to change the way that we evaluate roster talent like how do you take all the information that you have here with the portal the direction that the people tend to be going into the fact that there's 500 people but only a few of them are legitimately bona fide stars or starters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not starters stars like how does this shift the way that you view how to predict the things that we've been using. Like, has that changed? Cause it feels like it's happening a little bit faster. I was like, I thought earlier one, yeah. d- I said one day, like six months ago with you on this pod, I think one day recruiting rankings are going to matter less because there's going to be so much movement that it, it just will be different math. I, I is think it, this is really like creeping up on us, right? Is that kind of how faster. you're feeling? Yeah. I yeah. Feel like it's, it's like right now. So it's like, I noticed that, there was a comment that I heard from a coach or two, and maybe it was said in some press conferences and stuff too. Something that I feel like coaches kind of noticed this season was like, you kind of don't really know how much better or worse your opponent has gotten now. Like you kind of, it's hard to, I mean, like we all, you know, we all buy Phil Steele and we all kind of have some idea of who's coming back and who's not and all that kind of or stuff. Or Athlon but Sports. Like, or Athlon Sports, well, sure, absolutely. Thank you. Um, cut that, cut that. Yeah, right, sure. Do, <laughs> do what you got to do with that. Um, <laughs> Check. Yeah, I, don't, I don't work there. I don't work there anymore. It's okay. <laughs> but we, we, you know, like you I'm think, a Lindy's guy myself. 
You're lunch. You're lunch. I was I was a sporting news the, kid the best back in the decision day. we ever made at Athlon was not having Ari as our freelancer. I did the Ohio freelancer State. for Ohio State for Lindy's. Did you? Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. Um, I think that so like yeah. Some schools... coach said that publicly. It might have been in one of our uh, state of the programs. Just like I just yeah like I don't you, know you how good these teams are. Better. You just don't know how much better how much better other people have gotten. And like you look at at, at what TCU did this year, for example, like TCU found a starting linebacker from Navy. Like I didn't even know guys in the Navy could transfer. Right. And you've got, they, they found I, a D lineman from the not FCS like the firm where you can't leave. I thought you, but I thought you had a, no, if you finish up, you have a commitment. Oh, so you can drop at any point. Well, yeah, right. you I can just, transfer out. I truly don't know the rules around. This. I would transfer I out. I'm, you wouldn't would even, go, first of all, they wouldn't take you there and then you wouldn't go there. I had a cousin who you transferred. You'd make it through the first training camp there. You think? <laughs> I don't think I would make it past the first hour. You know what they the Ari they say is like practice for is the easiest part of their day there too. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, it's like you're like, true. yeah, like <laughs> okay, crawling sorry. through <laughs> crawling through barbed wire and stuff, and then you're looking forward to getting pounded in the head. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> to Max, Max is making the great point. Like if you're Kansas State and you're evaluating TCU, like you don't know about this. So na- like, how good this took, Navy linebacker is going to be? Right. They took a linebacker from Navy. They took a D lineman from UConn. They took a D lineman from SFA. They took a corner, like an all all conference corner from Louisiana Monroe, like in the middle of the summer. So it's like some of this stuff you're just sort of like, hey, oh, where where'd this guy come from? Like, there's just a lot of that when you're breaking down the tape. It's not just the the progression of oh, this is a really veteran team. We've seen these guys for three years and stuff. And like, I think that that's. Start like I was looking at the the all Pac-12 um, list uh, this morning, and like there's 12 transfers on it, you know, and and so it's like there's some of these guys are players that came from like the Mountain West and moved up and were automatically like some of the best players in the Pac-12, you know, and so that's that within like the whole ecosystem of how this goes. Yeah, most of them go down, but we also have guys who are coming up, and you're sort of like where where did they come from? And yeah, like Jacob like, Cowing, right from Arizona, who came from UTEP, is like one of the yeah. best receivers in the conference. Yeah, for sure. And 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 you're seeing like, oh wow, that production they had at the G5 level actually really does translate at the Power Five level. And so like you're seeing, they're not just like meeting their needs, but then like you're playing this team and you're like, wait, they're they're better than they're supposed to be. You know, like okay. so it's that part like in terms of like so then how does that play into you know the t- the team talent composite and stuff like that. Like obviously that stuff needs to kind of iterate a little bit to account for that. And you got to take it a step further, guys, too. Of just like in the college football playoff selection this year, you had four choices. You probably didn't feel that great about three and four, or you had some people who didn't feel great about one or the other or both. Mm-hmm. But there was nobody else to put in. And I wonder if teams being better than they were in the past lend to more upsets, which leads to a less defined. 14 field now that's going to change in a year from now but i'm wondering yeah. if going undefeated is just more difficult than it used to be as a result of this probably so and probably maybe the maybe one thing that on paper we underestimate and and this we'll, we'll, we're going to find out here in a couple of years is what if the like five through 12 those teams are more competitive with each other than you think in the playoff yeah i'm trying to think kind of your point about upsets Let's go real quick. Let's go league by league. Like Colorado was just awful, but like in the ACC, the two teams that we thought were going to be the worst, Duke and Georgia Tech, actually won a bunch of games. Virginia Tech wasn't good in the SEC. Vanderbilt was probably the worst team, won two league games in the Big Ten. I mean, Northwestern was bad. They made I don't know if made Ohio State sweat. I don't know if this is different than any other year, but that's kind of the point. Is like if some of these quote unquote bad teams are able to plug some holes in the offseason and get a little bit better. Then that maybe that leads to more upsets. Well, know. and conversely, like 
you could go through those standings and say, are there some, you know, six and six and five and seven teams that either missed on transfers or didn't take enough transfers? Yeah. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So I, I, quick exercise here, guys, for college football playoff teams. Let's rank them for, from portal impact. So I think it's clear to say Georgia had the least portal impact and TCU had the most. And then mm, Georgia and Michigan, yeah. I mean, Michigan, Ohio, Ohio State had some defensive backs. Ari, I don't think anyone really Ohio did. State got one starter, uh, Tanner McAllister. Yeah, I think, I think Olu on the O-line is probably more and impactful Michigan for Michigan. Michigan. Too. So, so yeah, Michigan. So yeah. my point kind of three of the four teams, though, really did not lean into the portal but i mean but michigan played a big hole you know but obviously if if usc makes the four if they win their game and they make it then everyone is saying and without the portal they would the never model close right 100 percent. yeah how do you go from four and eight to that i mean that's, yeah. that's how they did i just don't so. know how how regular and maybe it will be max you tell me uh getting a guy like caleb williams or a justin fields for instance out of the portal is going to be is it going to be Way more common than we think, or were those just two extenuating circumstances? I, I right. I think that I think the Caleb Williams one is is going to be pretty rare. I think. I mean, unless unless this thing is just going to be like completely dictated by collectives in the years ahead, and it's just people like you. You saw. I'm, I think I'm guessing you you guys saw the comment from Dave Clawson saying like, uh, "Well, if if Sam Hartman yeah. gets like life changing money, then he should go do it." Right? Like, I think that. Maybe we are going to head in that direction. And there are some of these guys that you hear, you know, you like Drake May and stuff who you know people will pay a lot of money for. Like, are they going to start, even if you're, you're happy at North Carolina, if someone makes this crazy, crazy offer to you, are those guys maybe more compelled to move on? I, I, I guess we'll see on that part. But yeah, the Caleb Williams is like, you wouldn't point to Caleb Williams and be like, this is the model for how to do it because you just, you can't. You can't possibly get that lucky. But th- this will be the fourth time in seven years that there's been a transfer quarterback win the Heisman. So yeah. they're, they're yeah, out. Because they're always the same person. <laughs> <laughs> they all play for the same guy. Yeah, uh, that was. I have two trivia questions. That was part of one of the. That was okay. part of one well, of them. The, my the other trivia question is just pretty good. That there is going to be opportunity for legit players, like more like Justin Fields and less like Caleb Williams, because Caleb Williams is a bona fide star already. Like even though we only got saw half a season from him. We knew what that was going to turn into with Justin Fields. He didn't play all that much. There was concerns about his character and attitude when he came. I don't know if if those are even real, but that's what people were saying. And like, but what about all the classes like Alabama's class this year who have two top 50 quarterbacks in it? Like one of them is going to be available eventually, and it's going to be quicker than we probably would have been in the past. So, well, and how, okay. So let's take that example of whether it's like, whether it's like Devin Leary or if we want to say we want to go all the way to like a really top shelf guy like a Drake May or whatever. Like, how do you look at that, Ari, where it's like 
Okay, I hear I hear good things about Devin Brown, for example, right? Like I think yeah. that's probably that guy has a chance to really be a really good successor. Obviously, he's got to compete with McCord. Um, Alabama's got a couple of guys, like you said. Georgia's got a couple of guys who will compete for it next year, who are all top top recruits, right? So it's like, how do you kind of balance that that deal right now in December when you have to kind of make these decisions now with these guys that either are on the market or could you know you could talk them into being on the market basically? Like, how do you how do you make the decision of we're going to go get this guy who we think makes us better, knowing that we're going to lose two guys out of our room. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the whole thing with how to uh, balance that roster. I mean, we, the thing that was so interesting about um, even with the Ohio state example that you just used is that you have to make a decision based on, you know, what could happen as a result of that decision. So it's not just the calculus of who's the best. Now it used to just be, who's the best, put them on the field and let it, let's go. Now it's, who's going to help us win the most without decimating the entire room. And like, that's a very uncomfortable situation. And I think what's going to happen is that, um, you know, on one hand, it might be easier to sign two guys in the same class than it used to be because there's really no consequences for taking your shot out of high school. But on the other hand, you know, every time you make a decision on a starter who has more than one year of eligibility, why would anybody stay? Nobody wants to wait around and do anything. So I, I don't know. I think the hardest, but, but part, then like if a Ty Simpson or a Devin Brown or whatever hits the portal, then like they're going to have a ton of interest too, right? Yeah, you know I mean, but, like it's not, it wouldn't be a reflection that they can't play at that level. It's just that's somebody right. thinking they can do one better. Well, it's but also, it might be if if the coach, if Nick Saban takes a transfer, then it's maybe it is an indication that he doesn't think Ty Simpson or Milrow or yeah, whatever, or Milrow. Yeah. So I want to, but you don't ever, you, you, the one thing before, because I want to go down that road a little bit more. Sometimes you might have good players on your team and still take a transfer. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what you're getting at? Like, yep. like what if Ohio State took Ty Simpson? Like, that could happen. Like, those are the types of things that, yep. you know, because if Ryan Day's evaluating is – now, the hardest part to me is how do – like a guy like Kyle McCord, for instance, who's who we've seen some of but we haven't seen for an entire season. Like, what is – how do you evaluate that properly? How do you evaluate Devin Brown in the event that he were to go? Like, there's going to be a lot of top 50 players who hit the portal that haven't played that much, and it's going to kind of be a mystery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do we know about Quinn Ewers off two handoffs at Ohio state, you know, like it's they a great handoffs you, though. They, I mean, so what do you say? The most perfect handoffs I've ever seen in my life. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a 1.0 damn it. Um, so, you know, I think it's, what's crazy is I don't know how much we know about yours now. No, nah, it's true. It's true. I, yeah, we, we're going to get derailed if we even go any further. on. Quinn <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's you said on. Quinn Ewers, and my antennas went up. Sorry. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> your shut up. Um, so, but it's like, so, so how do you like, um, you know, if you're like, let's take the Georgia example, right? Like, okay, does Devin Leary make you a lot better next year than one of your young guys that's been in been with Monken for a couple of years? You know, like it's it's just hard yeah. to make. Right. And these are the decisions you can't sit around for a month and think about necessarily, right? It's 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 a pretty like these recruitments are are two week deals now, you know, and uh, it's I, I'm I'm just the 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 thing that you saw that actually worked out, which is hard to pull off these days, is what K State did. Uh, because they brought in Martinez feeling like he was the missing piece in terms of making a big 12 title run, but Will Howard didn't leave and the other guys didn't leave. And so was he the best backup to... quarterback in the country this year? Was he the best backup quarterback? In the Will country? Howard most productive. Uh, I mean, he won a maybe championship the... game. So I mean, I mean maybe he's the most, I mean, he's no Drew, Drew Aller, but he's pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, he's no Cade Klubnick, but you're really he, he playing the, the hits done. right now, bud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's like you have to somehow if you're if you're Ryan Day or, or Curtis Arnold or whoever, like somehow you have to massage that enough where you have the right competitive culture 
that guys are going to stay and believe like, okay, well, maybe Adrian Martinez is going to be the guy for this season, but I'm still going to be the guy next year. And I might, I may, you know, bet on myself and play plenty this year. So like, you got to stick it out. Like that, that's the next step of it is like, how do you just not have your room constantly kind of be a revolving door every few years? Well, well let's back up two years ago, Ari. And, you know, I used to listen to you and Landis all the time. Talk Thank about you. in the off season. No, I miss that show. We think CJ Stroud's the guy. We're not sure. Like what if the portal were open then and Ryan Day had to make the decision, to, do I go with this C.J. Stroud guy who we think is really good, or do I get a veteran? Well, Stroud turned out to be a, a really good quarterback for them for two years. Well, yeah, I think that one of the first things that Ryan did as a head co- head coach at Ohio State was go get Justin Fields. And there were mm-hmm. two players in the quarterback room. One was the great Tate Martell, who thought that they had a shot to win. Well, we, we talked Tate Martell. We've talked Quinn Ewers. Man. I mean, this is, this is whoever's got their bingo board at home is I loving this. See, well, you should just uh, throw an SEO. This, this is an SEO. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dream. Um, people are hey, still are, Googling are, Tate Martell, right? Should they, should they fire Ryan Day? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, and then they brought it's a kind of a ruthless move to have guys in your program for two or three years working their asses off, trying to develop. And then when it's their time, then going over the top to go get somebody else so there's two ways of looking at it like if you were a high school quarterback like what would you do would you go try to go to alabama georgia or ohio state and bide your time and hope things work out for you or would you just go play at asu or or u of a or ucla or something your freshman year a place that you're automatically going to play for and if things go well then you can transfer up to those places once you're a bona fide is the perfect example like baylor's a really good program but he mm -hmm. austin novacad who literally chose between ohio state and baylor I mean, I really don't know. I think the upside of what you have to gain by going to those places out of high school is diminishing if, you know, good players are going to hit the portal uh, more often and they're going to take those players. Now, I, I, I think you're right that path to playing time has to be moving up the list here of priorities for those guys. And path to playing time might be fa- path to playing time at Alabama. You could theoretically and maybe Alabama and Georgia aren't the right ones because in Ohio State, because they're they already have really good players in their team and they don't they're less likely to have a need. But path to playing time where your second recruitment is you as a bona fide starter might be faster by going to a place that's a fun and gun offense, right? Yeah. Like what, Yeah. you know, honestly, if, if you're a forced, high-end four-star prospect, why wouldn't you go play for Kenny Dillingham at ASU right now? Well, why wouldn't You'll anyone have, go play for Kenny Dillingham? No, I'm just saying, like, go and throw the ball around for a year and a half, two years, enjoy yourself, and then when you want to go win a national championship, pick which one of the five teams that needs a quarterback is in the portal and go. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's not All a bad guys. way to go. I mean, What's, I think that that, the, that is probably going to start factoring into the back of quarterback thing could be dead. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you're seeing these G5 guys that like these all conference G5 um, players like from the Mac and other leagues that are going into the portal. Like maybe that is how they looked at it. Maybe they thought I'm going to go go here somewhere. I'm going to put on put some, put some good stuff on tape and hopefully play really well and play right away. And then we're going to move up. All right, let's transition to a little recruiting talk because this is stars matter. Um, Deion Sanders goes to Colorado. Sunday, the date's announced. Colorado's recruiting class in the 247 composite, ranked 41 with 21 commits, 20 commits, average player rating of 85.76. So, again, they're ranked 41st. What will their recruiting class be ranked on February 2nd? All right, I'll start with you. 22. Max. A bunch of guys just committed in the portal. Say it again to me. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what will Col- Colorado's recruiting class was 41st in the 247 composite when Dion got the job on Sunday? What will it be ranked on February 2nd, the end of the, whenever the February signing period? Um, 
we factoring in transfers or just high school? No, just recruiting class. Just recruiting class. Yes. Um, I'd say like, yeah, like I would say low twenties. I'd say like 20, 28. Yeah. I would say in there. One, one thing in, you know, obviously I'm not a kid making that decision, but they have to wait, like playing for Dion's great. And it's gotta be so attractive, but they were awful last year. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. team is, I don't care how many guys they bring in. This isn't a USC four and eight to, to conference. This is maybe six and six at best. I think you don't it's, care who they bring in. What if they bring in like 25 dudes? They're not. I don't. My point is, I don't think they're going to bring in enough players to be a to be like a eight, nine, ten, one season. I can be completely wrong, but it was it was the worst Power Five team in the country that these guys would be joining. Yeah. So yeah. Um, do Do you guys think that that um, a lot like so obviously like the Travis Hunter thing is super difficult to pull off and and super impressive. Um, do you think that he can really like go out and get um, like eight to ten? four-star better players in this class i don't know about this class i'd say next year next I think year next year i think the, next year probably I think that's so. the yeah. expectation yeah because yeah. like if Dion can't do that then it's a failure like that's the whole reason he was hired right he wasn't hired because he's bill parcells he was hired because he was going to be able to attract talent now maybe that talent is more attractive like do you think like a portal guy would be more attracted to that situation than say a high school player would be i think, think he can clean up in the portal right now and then that next class would be you would you would hope that's the one where they're really surprising some people with the 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 caliber of uh, and I know he had a few more than, than just Travis Hunter last year right I don't mean to diminish it but that that would I would think this close to early signing period probably hard to flip a lot of those guys right like I wonder if like there is a world where he signs four or five star prospects next year like is that possible yeah. Colorado, I know we're going way back. They, they won a national championship. I'm older than you guys, obviously. I remember when Colorado was damn good for a de- 10, 15 years. I think when Colorado Mitch, I was good. I can assure you, these recruits do not remember that I know. whatsoever. I was going to say, had the parents of these recruits even met yet when that was going on? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's see. I met my wife in uh, Cordell Stewart was awesome, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, these guys can't even remember Auburn winning the national championship, let alone – I don't think kids. I don't think recruits today know that Joel Klatt played for Colorado. I didn't even know that. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's. I mean, it's sort of like the perfect school for this case study too. Like it's not Washington State where it's out in the middle of nowhere and it's going to have trouble. Like you can get kids to Colorado. You know, they back in my day when they used to recruit LA, they Southern California. That's that was their pipeline there, and they won a national championship. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 I think I the school could be located anywhere. It's just a matter of whether or not people want to play for him. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think is the most interesting about this guys, and then we can move on to other things because Dion can't be the whole show, but we just got done making fun of Mitch for, uh, you know, bringing up when being seasoned, don't Colorado say Colorado well, was awesome. seasoned veteran. The one thing I will say about Dion Sanders is that it's not like he's played recently either. And like something about him and his personality has maintained, like, there's no reason why a 15 year old kid should like be like, oh my god, Dion. Like, when was his last year in the NFL? Like, 15, 20 years ago now. And he hasn't even been on TV. Like, he was on CBS. He wasn't. Like, yeah, like NFL it's not like he's been years. like. It's not like he's he's LeBron, you know. And yeah. the fact that he's been able to maintain his stardom as a result is is been kind of interesting to me. And I don't know. I, if I it's think be- the connection to the Under Armour game was probably huge. Yeah. I think he's got connections with a lot of a lot of kids through that. Now, of course, yeah. he hasn't been doing that. I assume for the past couple of years. So, you know, you've you've got to you know, but but I think those ties probably are going to factor into his ability to go get some transfers. 
Yeah. Or I have an idea. It's, Ohio State's too big of a job, but Bowling Green should hire LeBron as head coach when he retires. And he can just recruit kids there and just be like the CEO. Well, the thing that is so interesting to me, it's like I like I used to say, like, why the hell would Dion go to Colorado when he could just like go to Jackson State, do it again one more year, and then just like wait for the perfect spot? Like if a Florida State were to open or you know, a school in the ACC that would recruit those territories that are near some of those big southern cities, like that would be a pretty good scenario for him. And it's like, well, why would he go to Colorado? I feel like all Dion cared about was it's in a power five conference right now, and it's got like above average to average facilities and like, I'll take it from here, you know? Okay. Cause like, so do you think Dion will be there three years from now? I don't know the answer to that. I'd say yes, but it's just you, a, like, I'm saying, a, there's I'm a negative connotation or, there. No, too. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm oh, saying success both. or fail. Do you yeah. think success, if he's successful in this, will he be at Colorado for year three or four? If he's know? successful enough to sign, like, let's just say the, the thing that we just came up with of four or five five star prospects in a single class is true. Like, why do you? Why? What's the point of leaving? Like, everybody, they'll just go with you. No, but I'm saying other than the salary, which would increase, and you know, I'm not going to act like he doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of going to a higher profile place? You're if saying you're if already, you can get them anywhere, why anywhere? Why, why start over? Place? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Unless, unless you think it'd be easier to get them at at Auburn or like, it'd just I mean, be, it'd just be an NIL thing, I suppose. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I If I, Mike I, Norvell were four and eight this year, I'd say there's a like bigger, uh, more likely the chance of him leaving, but yeah, you know, to Ari's point, if you get it rolling at Colorado and then you, you really get it rolling and the NIL support is there. I mean, if you get it rolling at Colorado, you can predict he's going to fail there. I'm just saying like, he might just view this like he did Jackson state is potentially, this is just a, a two year plan to go to something bigger. Yeah, I mean, if he's successful there, he's a candidate for any job in America at that point, right? Like, you hand him the keys to the car at a Power 5, like, uh, juggernaut. I suppose so, yeah. If you can build Colorado, like, the, that's an impossible thing to do. And, like, I actually have it have a hunch that, like, he's going to do it. If I had right. to guess, fail or succeed I'd in three fail. years. I, I mean, I'd you, say succeed. I'd, I'd be say more, succeed. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. I'm sure you have already. Have you guys noticed that? Arizona State is building like the goat recruiting staff right now. That's yeah. uh, that's my bullet point on the it's on, podcast. It's on here, right? It's like my, it's on my list. The stuff they're doing matter. right now, yeah. like the stuff that came out yesterday, wowed me. Like Dillingham is freaking doing it. Ari was right. I'm complimenting you, Ari. I know. I just I'm <laughs> just gonna. You didn't want me to write it. I did not. That is such BS. <laughs> We're not revisiting. That's revisionist okay. history. Okay, does Jeff Brom hold this Louisville class together? Hmm. And did I'm scheduled to talk to Ruben Ruben Owens' father after the podcast, so I'll let you know after. Yeah, I think that Louisville probably had a good idea that Jeff Brom was very interested and was probably telling recruits as of the week, whenever the Satterfield news broke or Monday morning, just be patient. We think we've got some good news. We've got a guy who's you're going to want to play for. And now there's no, the relationships aren't there. I get that. And most of these kids are from California. They're not in-state kids who drew up dream, dreaming of going to play football at Louisville. So maybe that there's not that attachment. But I, I think there's a much better chance they can keep it together than if if it would just you know they were still just interviewing coaches today. Obviously. Yeah, I um, since I got from talking to people this week is it's a, it's a better deal on both sides. You know, I think I think Louisville, the new staff, will be able to hold this together. 
with 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 Pierce Clarkson and the guys that he's been able to attract and the way they've been able to do things um, with Steve Clarkson, I think they're going to be able to hold it together. Yeah. Now, of course, this is we always circled this month though as being the like, all right, like you know, Ruben Owens, DeAndre Moore, like, are you guys really going to sign there? You know, so like, obviously, if those guys are taking visits, you wouldn't be that surprised or anything like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that. Uh, let's just say I don't think that that whole deal was tied to Scott Satterfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right no comments just gonna giggle well i said yeah okay. that was my comment what do you want me to say as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Do you think, Max, I don't think we talked about this. The news might have broke afterwards um, last week. Can Trent Delfer make UAB a G5 destination? You're the national expert. I think he can. I think he'll be a really good recruiter. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Please enlighten us because you, you, you being from Nashville, you have a much better read on this than I think than I do. There, put it this way. A lot of people in Nashville in the high school football industry that are pleased he's no longer in Nashville. Okay. Um, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Recruited a lot of kids from out of state. Uh, won a lot of games. One of my, uh, in the state championship game, I think they were up 42, nothing late. And could have kneeled on the ball and threw a touchdown pass to go up 49 nothing. And one of my friends who's got a son who plays high school football tweeted at Lipscomb football, is Hank Brown's knee hurt? Is that why he couldn't kneel or something like that? And, you know, just kept, kept running up on the way out the door. Um, but he's got a big personality, and he was very – you know, the, 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 the track record isn't great for high school coaches to, to college football. He's a little bit of a different animal. He's been in the recruiting game with the Elite 11. People know who he is. Um, so I think he'll attract really good offensive players. Hank Brown is his quarterback here who had committed to Liberty, decommitted and um, lands a UAB offer. I don't know if he's committed yet, but I, I think yeah. he'll he'll get some good offensive players there. I think that you and you've been around him a bit at Elite Eleven, right, Ari? Yeah, yeah. I think I he's going to went... be able to build a good staff. Well, this is what I was just going to say. A lot of times too, like if you're a recognizable head coach with a mm-hmm. name that's going to get people interested the smartest thing you can do is get people in place that know what they're doing mm-hmm. and kind of just serve as like the, the header to the program. I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm just saying like, you know, at the first part of it, like your whole thing is being the CEO and acquiring talent through your charisma, but also leaving some of the, you know, nitty gritty, de- nitty gritty details to the guys who have done it before while you learn on the job. So that, uh, uh, 
seems like it's something that would do pretty good. And like he took the, I don't, it's like a hard, much easier probably to make a high school program into a really, really good program after four or five years. But Lipscomb was trash. And then they like won or played for three straight titles in a row and had like 28 Division One players on their team. It's like that's recruiting kind of, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah there, I was going to say, it's recruiting it's just like describing the stuff he was doing wrong. I was like, oh, it sounds like a college coach to me. You know? I, mean, I, I, I went to the yeah, high school. Kids from out of state to play quarterback for you. It works perfectly. Yeah, it's national well. recruiting, but I went and hung out with him at his, at, at that Lipscomb for an hour when I was in Nashville during the symposium. Mm-hmm. And the I mean, the place was stacked. It looked like a college facility, you know? They had all these, you know, everything that he did there was college-like, so – you know, I don't know if that means that he's going to be good at UAB, but I think that if you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback who is seems to be a semi savvy person, yeah, or a pretty savvy person, then you know, I'm all for just trying something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just try, see what I, happens. I, I, this is a weird statement to make, but the the Mitch, the only school I've ever visited in the state of Alabama was Troy, so I don't have a whole lot of uh, really. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of context for for where, like where UAB fits into their their region and, and world there. Well, we got a new stadium. Obviously, Birmingham is a great high school. It's a good it's a good football town. It is not the biggest city, but it's two and a half hours from Nashville. It's two hours from Atlanta. It's you got a really good recruiting. You draw that whatever that three hundred mile radius or around. There's there's a lot of players in there. They've won recently, um, so I think it's I think it's a, a good P five job. Um, all right, a little research looked up question for you guys. Um, I think the rate, they, the two, four, seven composite might've changed in the past couple of days because one of the services, maybe rivals updated theirs. But as of Monday, when I did this or Sunday, there were 424 blue chippers in the two, four, seven composite. How many do you think remain uncommitted? What percent? Did you do the percentage or can we just guess? A total? Well, I did the number and the percentage because, okay. You said not 424? 424. So how many how many remain uncommitted? 163. I'm going to say 80. 56. Okay. How many schools? Ari's right, though. A lot of them could be flipped. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. some of them yeah. are soft. By the way, you know? commitment means it's loose, okay? Yeah. Engaged ain't married, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure that then, went over well when you're doing your engagement, Max. <laughs> Michael Scott how many, said that how many schools do you think have none? How many power fives have no no blue chippers committed? No blue chippers committed. Have you seen Vegas Vacation? 30. 30? More, you think more than half or basically half. Less oh, I was going to say like 14 or something. Ari, trust your gut. To 20? 15. 16. 16. Right. Yeah. And one one of them, Arizona State, I'd imagine they'll 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 flip someone. That's one of them. Bet your yeah. ass they will. Okay, I'll go real quick. Arizona <laughs> State, Boston College, Cal. Look, Ari's been telling us for years that all these players are only going to eight schools. So that, yeah. that messed up my math. You know? Here, here's, an, here's another <laughs> well, one. Blue good. chips, it goes way down the list, though. That's why it's true. Here's it's another true. one. Colorado doesn't have one right now either. Um, although yeah. they did get a 24 kid. Colorado, Boston College, Cal, Duke. Georgia Tech, Indiana, Kansas, Maryland, Oklahoma State, Pitt, Rutgers, Syracuse, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin. Uh, I want to move on, but this is your neck of the woods. What's going on? Anything going on in Oklahoma State, Max? Just seems like kind of like a lot of portal activity. And that's one of those schools that, correct me if I'm wrong, is losing some guys that they don't want to lose. Um, 
that is that is uh they are losing some some starters we can at least say that yeah. they're losing some starters spencer sanders moving on uh dominic richardson um just a, a, a you know trace ford a bunch of guys that have played a lot there um you know, it was a disappointing year at Oklahoma State. You know, they certainly felt like they had a chance to be in the mix for the Big 12 title again this year and um, believe went six and six. So it, frustrating year. Um, the quarterback situation there is real, real up in the air here because, you know, when Sanders was hurt this season, they played um, Garrett Ringle and they played uh, Mike Gundy's son and they're bringing in Zane Flores from Nebraska. Yeah, which, any, any Zane Flores, is that door shut for Nebraska? Zane Flores is, is not, is seems not like he's not entertaining Nebraska. Okay. No, I think he's, I think he's pretty solid about going to, Stillwater in January, um, but that's that that's one of those schools where you're saying like, okay, are they going to call Hudson Card or what transfer quarterback are they going to go after? Um, but that's certainly one of those that they're going to have to fill some needs here. You know, obviously they lost some big names like Tanner McAllister we mentioned earlier and um, Jarkman our Converse and some some good players out of the portal last year. They're losing Mason Cobb too, who I really love as one of their best defenders. Um, he's going to end up somewhere good. So. Definitely one of those that um, I'm curious to see if there's some staff changes after a disappointing season, and I'm curious to see just how much they hit the portal versus trusting. Uh, that's one of those places that they can, they trust their culture and development yeah. and feeling like they can plug in the next guy and, and next man up, but that's not really how it played out this season. Is this uh, – it's very early in the portal, but are they on the early list of top of the losers of the portal? Is it fair to say too early? Er, early. I mean, yeah, just because just nobody's made commitments and stuff yeah. right now uh, so far. But, yeah, they've they've been one that um, – the Spencer Sanders moving on didn't surprise me. There have been kind of been some rumors about that for a few weeks now, and he's one of those guys, um, you know, like I mentioned Martinez earlier, where he played four years one place. Yeah. Because of the COVID year, you got an extra year. May as well use it somewhere else um, as opposed to going pro. But, um, yeah, that's one that, that they're, they're, their roster probably going to – you know, their lineup's going to look probably a little bit different next year. All right, are you ready for the player of the week? Yeah. Do you went so, in a different order? Did you already do trivia this week? Trivia's at the end. I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast. Well, you it. asked us three trivia questions, so sorry for being confused. Yeah, but I have the official trivia is at the end. Okay. Wait, so, wait. Before we get to that stuff, though, all right. Do you have like you gonna give us any Vegas stories? I mean, I, didn't, I know about the. Scorpion, I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't go wild. So I almost got I'm in bed by eleven every night. So just, I'm just sports book start to finish. That's it. Yeah, sports book from start to finish. I had I uh, I had some a rough go of it at the video uh, poker machines a gotcha. few times, but um, when we went to a really nice dinner the last night I was in, but uh, it wasn't like an old Vegas trip for me. It was uh, I, I'm a father, and the most thing that I'm looking forward to right now is going into a freezing cold hotel room where i can sleep for eight hours not being bothered by anybody and i gotta tell you that was really awesome so at, from at 2 a.m and 3 a.m you are dead asleep yeah yeah, yeah there's like and there's nobody for us the phones know. on silent <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, max on friday i go to a uh go out to lunch by myself very rare usually eat at home but friday just local coffee shop sitting down got my laptop open i get a facetime call it's our buddy ari and antonio and Ari, so it's it's not on my phone FaceTime. I put it on my laptop screen. It's Ari, and he's not wearing a shirt. So, like, I'm in the middle of this coffee shop, and people are walking by, and there's this huge hairy bear on my screen. I was like, I'm going to get kicked I'm a out huge of this hairy bear. You're, you're, you're a hairy guy, right? I mean, let's not, we don't have to classify him right now. We can keep going. Yeah. Story. yeah right, right. <laughs> so, that's my Ari in Vegas experience. And so, I quickly shut my laptop and, and went to the phone off of that. Is, the, a, is the stadium sick? Is it pretty cool? Yeah, yeah. It's like Jerry World, but like a, a step further, you know? Okay. It's like Jerry right. World, like, is the, I feel like the stadium that started all this. And mm-hmm. now it's just like, yeah, it's really cool. What's but its seat? 70, the press 80? box is really, really high, though. 
Okay. Like I felt like I was like looking down at the field. They were like ants down there. But, is that like a monster video board? I know we're getting way far off. No, here. no. Is it a monster video board thing like Dallas or no? No. But um, there are video boards around it and stuff, and the okay. suites seem really cool. You know, they've got like a lot of like field level suites with couches and stuff. And like that was just telling Andy during the show or during the game that was like, you know, they announced the the attendance was like sixty five thousand, but like the actual building is, I feel like twice as as big as like oh, really? Bryant Denny or okay. or Ohio Stadium. And I think part of the reason why is or the big house is they actually have like chairs with backs and armrests. Whereas in those places there's benches, but like the building is massive. Sweet. Sweet. But yeah, you got to get out there. Maybe me and you will just go and by ourselves uh, and like we'll, we'll get, we'll get adjoining rooms. Dad, dad's weekend off. Dad's there weekend. We and all we'll do is eat nice dinners and go to bed at nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every a woman's nightmares when their husband goes to Vegas. And for me, it's just like, I'm going to get a massage, uh, go to two nice meals and I'll be in bed by nine o'clock. But this would be like the kind of one where, since Andy's not there, you and I are not starting the day by being like, should we work out this morning? You know, I just be like, nah, <laughs> Andy's like, Hey, do you want to go, uh, climb the Hoover Dam with your bare hands and feet right now? Or do you want to sleep in for the next hour? <laughs> right. Getting up at nine and we are not working out that day. He woke up That's at 6am. Yeah. He's, I mean, he looks good. So, I mean, all the credit in the world to him, but you know, I feel like no matter how fit I ever got, I just Vegas would not be the place. No, for sure. <laughs> just read the room, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make up for it at home. We're, yeah, we're, just we're like you know, there. you go there with the with the mindset that it's going to be a setback, a little setback, <laughs> and then you'll you'll be fine. All right, player of the week. Usually an off the radar player where we revisit like like where'd this guy come from? Oh, he was the number sixteen hundred recruit. But we're going with Max Duggan here. Are you? What do you think Max Duggan's two four seven composite rating was coming out of high school? Wasn't he uh, Council Bluffs or something? Council Bluffs, which is just right over the river from Omaha. Here, I've stayed there many, several times in Council. Oh, Bluffs. he's like two fifty, two seventy five. Max, do you know? You probably know. Closer. <sighs> Max Duggan, I do actually do know this. Um, he was, in fact, Ari, I think he w- he was at the Elite Eleven that you and I were both at. In, yeah, that's uh, yeah. He was in Frisco. I think that's why uh, my guess is in the top three hundred. Am I off? No, you're 229. And oh, yeah, I, I don't know. He's like in his class. I mean, I don't know if they were all committable, but offers from Georgia, Ohio State, you know, his 247 combined. So he was uh, big time. You know, he was, he was, he was legit. Um, that was a great one by Sonny Cumbie. Um, he built a great relationship on that one. Mike Riley, when they were at Nebraska, those guys were recruiting him, but Cumbie just came in and, and really won him over. Credit to him. All right. Ready for a little trivia? This is the official trivia question, Ari. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm so bad at this, Max, so maybe you'll uh, you'll lead the way for us. Okay. Two-parter. Yep. Of the 65 Power 5 coaches, current. Like, so if you got fired, you're not part of this. If you got hired, you're part of it. How many of the 65 coaches transferred while they were in college? And I'm not – How talk- long did this take you to look up? Just you let me worry about that, Ari. Okay, so that's why it takes so long for my stories to get online. What are you yeah. talking about? I am, I am at your service. I spent half my life working around your schedule, Ari. It didn't take that long. He just... he's, he's like Googling like 1980s media guides to try yeah, to figure yeah, out. All I did was go team by team and say, Okay, Lincoln Riley, put him in Wikipedia. Where do you go to college? It says where you go to college. All that it took me 15 Texas minutes, Tech. 20 minutes. Yeah, um. Okay, so 
not to, to the two two coaches went to junior college and then transferred to I'm talking about four year school to four year school. So the the first part of the question is how many transferred, but the real question is only one transferred from a four year Division one school to another FBS school to FBS school. So only one P five coach was like a legit FBS to FBS transfer when he was in college. Well, what? so first of all, we, I don't know where he's going with this. Did we, you, we did lose a yeah. few this off season. I'm right. going to point that out. So we lost Scott Frost went from Stanford to Nebraska. Scott Frost lost, would have been on it. Would have been on the list. I believe Herm Edwards was also a transfer back in the day. Michigan state. No, no. He, where'd he go? Fresno uh, state, right? Uh, no idea. I think Fresno State, but he's Indiana not on State, it. Okay. like that. Yeah, Ari's just has this look of confusion. Well, because the thing that you said to clarify it makes no sense to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, the, only so, one of these eight guys. Okay, so what? One, one of these eight guys. One of the guys. Oh shit! I said the answer. <laughs> okay, so eight. What, <laughs> <laughs> that was stars matter. We'll get to that. Ari, Ari, <laughs> Ari, that's your that's your new deal. You're gonna act really confused to confuse me. So like you flustered him into giving away. That's what he said made no from sense. Maryville to Buffalo when Buffalo was a Division three school. So there's one guy who's transferred from Division one to Division one, FBS to FBS. I will say I posed this to Eric Single and Matt Brown, and Matt got it. Of course he did. Hmm. I'll give you the guys who are on this list. Who? Why don't you give us a conference? Okay. Well, hold on. Pat Narduzzi transferred from Youngstown State to Rhode Island. Brent Pry from Maryville to Buffalo. Matt Campbell from Pitt, Pitt to, to Mount, Mount Union. Union. Yep. Neil Brown from Kentucky to UMass when UMass was mm-hmm. FCS. Whipple. Yeah. Clark Lee from Samford to Belmont to Vanderbilt. Josh Heupel from Weber State to was it Snow Junior College wherever he went to mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher from Salem College to Samford. So there's one who went from current SEC school to current ACC school. No, I'm saying where, co- what conference is the coach coach in? ACC. An ACC coach transfer? Yeah. It's the best I can do to narrow it down, Ari. Huh? Okay. No, no, I mean, I have no idea. So, like, Dino Babers? No. No. Dino went somewhere interesting. I was surprised. Like, ah, good for you, Dino. I forgot though. I didn't write him all the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wasn't that good? I was just surprised that Dean. You know, I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I didn't know where he's from. But mm-hmm. um, um, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna. Mac Brown, no. <laughs> Mike Elko. Oh, D- Dino went to Hawaii. Dino went to Hawaii. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mike Good Elko. Morning. Nope, Elko might have gone Ivy League. Some smart coach. Dave Clawson went to Williams. All right, what's the answer, Mitch? I mean, I'm, I'm at the end of my pathetic rope here. Mac Brown. Okay. Right. All well, right. now it was sort of like just talking through. That wasn't an answer. Uh-huh. No, you're right. I, I did soft soft play it there. Vanderbilt to Florida State. Vanderbilt to Florida State. So Mac Brown. There you go. Athlete. What year All was right, that? Uh, what? What year did that happen in? Sixty-eight. I think the seventies. What? Early seventies. I'm saying. So I'm saying. Yeah. He went to he went to these like campus libraries and he looked up like the 1968 media guides and did any uh, did any of your research involve a leather bound book? It's Wikipedia. <laughs> what, what, yeah, okay, Ari, it took me three hours to research this if question. It, it would take me like three hours to do that. I'm a terrible right. researcher. I, I, You have your strengths, Ari. Yeah. Getting emails all, and researching are not the You thing. have a lot of strengths. Yes. <laughs> Ari's not familiar with the way email works, but other than that, he's he's great. How so, many unread emails do you have, Ari? 
I read all of them. I mean, I just like it's, no, you it's open not so them. much. You don't read them. It's not so much the receiving of the email; it's the retaining of the information of the email. I see. He knows how I'm, to make the reservation. Yeah, I have sixty thousand unread emails. That would yeah, stress I have. Me out it so stresses much. me out, so I, I clear zero. them. Yes. Okay, you like, guys both clear them. Yeah. Mitch yeah. always, but Mitch always is like, "Hey, did you get that email from insert editor here?" I'm like, I get like 900 emails a day. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Ma- Max, I'll send him a text. Do you know how many did- gambling sites email him every day, Mitch? Like, <laughs> I know it is. I got one right now from a gambling site. I'll text him. Did you do this yet? He goes, I don't know what that means. So like, go check hey, your email. Did you do your, the, the blurbs that somebody assigned you three months ago that are due today? I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, and then I've got to do them in a frantic panic. And then they're you finished. Done. Yeah, it always works done. out for Ari. It always works out for Ari. So, all right. All right, you want to do your thing? Thanks, Mitch. What? <laughs> Thanks, Max. I appreciate you coming on, man. Always love talking to you about this stuff. And Mitch gets all the credit for having you on, but I like to, you know, think it's, it's no kind credit. of my idea. Yeah, it's no credit. This, Anytime, is, this is very yeah. timely, Max. Um, I Max, am like, you, I, how about a little tease, Max? What story are you working on that will be on the Athletics soon? I think it's, it'll be a good read. True freshman. That's my hint. The oral history of Mac Brown's transfer. Yeah, I, I got a lot of work to do. No, true freshman. Uh, true freshman uh, sorry, no. Excuse me. Let me clarify. Freshman All America team will be out Thursday. Is it a true freshman All American team or just freshman? The, sorry, is, there's been some debate about this. Okay. We we included redshirt freshman. I've been doing that in the years past. Do you guys think I should change it to true freshman? I like true freshman. That's what I would want to read. But that's kind of what everybody else is doing now. And I'm, and you know. Ari, I don't know if you've ever gotten a text from Ralph Russo uh, about your work or anything. But that was, every that five was minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was the he. That's like the one person who has directly said to me, "You need to stop doing that." And I, I don't like do. I would I would love to. If people could tweet me what they what they prefer. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, well, how be true freshman? Would it be a deep list if it was just true freshman? It's harder. Would it be easier to? I mean, but now that you have it all compiled, if it's running tomorrow, like, would it be a hard thing or an easy thing to do? Wouldn't make a big difference. I mean, we got Drake May as the quarterback on this team. You can't do that on a true freshman list, obviously. You know, um, there's it's there's a decent balance of freshmen and redshirt freshmen, but I don't, I don't know. I so want you to do your fourth year sophomore COVID team, dude. That's the thing that's hard. Like, Bro. there's a bunch of these. There's a bunch of fake third year freshmen, freshmen out here yeah. who are third year. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the thing. SIDs need to figure it out. Yeah, they need to quit, chill. There's no such thing as a third year freshman. Here. I don't. So we got we got that, and then on Friday we'll have the uh, the 2022. All portal team. Nice. Look forward to it. Dude, that's incredible. We're trying to trying to trying to survive here. Yeah, and you're doing I a great think, job. I think hopefully soon after that we'll be able to do best available for the portal. We got that's that's best available for the portals going over the fences, I think. So we'll you know that's, that will be well read. Get that to be consumed. Yeah. Um well I'm really excited to see how this all plays out. And you know, as always, you've been like a, a right hand man with you know helping me navigate the uh what's to come discussion. So I appreciate it, Mitch. Thanks so much for setting it up. And guys, that was another episode of stars matter. We got national signing day or the beginning of the early signing period, two weeks from today. So buckle your seatbelts and you know, there's another reason for me not to sleep. We'll catch you guys next (laughs) week.